This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 3, Episode 7. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by Excess Sites. Today is Wednesday, August 4th, 2021, and I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by producer and co-host, Matthew Marister. <laughs> I feel like I, it's like a Johnny Carson-like introduction. I got to come from behind like a curtain or something. Well, that, that one was a little lame i mean like i could have you know accentuated a little bit more like and also today we have producer and co-host matthew marister yeah you could just slide it in we don't we don't have to get everybody riled up they'll probably start tuning out as soon as they hear i'm on the show again welcome everybody to another fantastic show Happy to be with you on this fine Wednesday. Uh, we are doing Justified Save Stories today. So this is a popular episode. Uh, a lot, every time we ask people about uh, the the podcast and what episodes they like the most, uh, uh, we, we usually hear one of two things. Either specific people that we've interviewed that they really enjoyed or Justified Save episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally people will be like, oh, I love the legislative news updates and that kind of thing. But Justified Saves is what we call defensive gun uses. And uh, yeah, we uh, we do these once a month now. We used to do them more frequently, but now we do them once a month. And we've got a bunch of great stories to share with you today. The whole point of this is what can we learn from other people's successes and failures? Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear both of those things today. And I'll tell you, a lot of times the Justified Save stories that we cover have both successes and failures. And that's probably not unusual at all. And, you know, even when we look at things like officer-involved shootings, uh, a lot of times there's like, well, this went, this, 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 and this really went well. But there were some things that could have been done better. And that's just true of anything in life. We can almost always do better, right? Mm -hmm. The big thing is we want to make sure that we avoid making big enough mistakes that we land ourselves behind bars. And that's where I think these justified save story analyses are a big help, hopefully to you. So you go, okay, I want to make sure I avoid doing this or that. So I stay out of trouble. That's the big thing here. Yeah. And if you're new to like the format or the show, um, I, I know sometimes we've had comments or emails that, hey, why are you guys just Monday morning quarterbacking? You know, anybody can pick apart videos and stuff. Sure, that, that that's certainly possible. What we're trying to do is just um, bring them to light so we can learn from it. We're not here to Monday morning armchair quarterback any any decisions. Just try to learn from them the, the the bad things and the good things, and and make people more aware that firearms are being used to you know by by people to defend themselves every day. So, yep, it's kind of the, yep. the the point. You got it, guys. Today's episode is sponsored and brought to you by our title sponsor, Excess Sites. XSSites.com is where you can find them. Uh, longtime listeners are familiar with my fanboyness for the XS Sites F8 night sites. I think they're a great uh, choice for 
your common defensive handgun. I, I run them on a couple of 320s. I've got them on a couple of my Glocks that I used to carry a lot more than I do now, but now more of the 320. But uh, fantastic sights, high visibility. They have the new R3D sights, a little bit lower profile than the F8s. Uh, but all the great same high visibility, high contrast, uh, front sight, blacked out rear. The difference between the F8s and R3Ds is the F8s are what you would consider uh, a figure eight uh, sight picture uh, when you're using the night sight, you know, when, you, when you're in low light, right? Because basically what you get is a blacked out rear sight during daylight hours. But in low light, you get the tritium vial lighting up in the front sight and you get a little tritium vial in the bottom of the rear notch uh, on the in the case of the F8s. On the R3Ds, they're very similar and they look very similar from a sight picture perspective. Basically a blacked out rear, but in low light situations, you're going to see tritium vials on either side of the rear notch. And so combined with the front sight tritium vial, you're going to get basically a three dot, kind of that traditional three dot sight picture that uh, most, most shooters are familiar with. Uh, I, I think they're both great sights. I still lean a little bit towards the F8s. I, I, I think they work a little bit better for me just in terms of the way I visually perceive my sight pictures. Um, and also, XS Sights has other great options as well. Some people really like the big dots. I'm not as big a fan of the big dots, but but a lot of people like them. I, 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 Matthew, I think you've used them or still use them, right? Yeah, I, I was using them. I broke one off my, my gun doing some, doing some stuff. But, uh, I broke one. <laughs> yeah, I broke the front sight off. But uh did you get it replaced? I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't find it. Oh. So, <laughs> so that was the problem. Um but yeah, yeah. They're good. They're good. I, at distance obviously, you know, it covers up a little bit more of the the target, but for self-defense sight, definitely yeah. usable. You basically you you can't miss the sights uh especially for like 15 yard and in type Mm-hmm. you know work which which is gonna be pretty good for most people in most situations uh you get out a little bit further a little bit more difficult to shoot accurately with uh, because the sights are a little bit bigger uh, i do pretty well with f8s even out at um, 25 yards um i think i've probably shot them at 50 yards once or twice but i've taken a couple of classes with the f8s and where i where i was judged or measured like i had a um, actually earned the top shooter award, award in a class that I shot with the F8 night sights in. Um, and there was some, you know, more, there was a variety of close up and fast shooting along with longer distance precision type stuff. And I was able to get the job done. So anyway, love we love XS sights. We are proud to have them as a sponsor of the podcast, xssites.com. Also today's sponsor, go to concealedcarry.com gun law book to pick up a copy of the legal boundaries by state book and by the way we just are putting out a updated version because there's some some new updates from a few states going into effect right now or in the next few weeks that's one of the huge benefits of getting our legal boundaries by state book this is our 50 state guide for firearms and carry laws across the United States of America uh, for American gun owners. Highly recommend you have a copy of the Legal Boundaries by State book, a fantastic resource, very reasonably priced. And I'll tell you what, whether you buy the ebook only or you buy the physical copy of the book, you're going to get the ebook as well along with it. 
And that's hugely valuable because as soon as updates are released, you can always, you know, you, you get the link sent to you. You can always plug that link in, bookmark it, save it, and uh, pull up uh, that uh, the latest version of the file. Uh, and, and lately, you're going to see some some adjustments in there for Texas uh, and their and their constitutional carry going to effect. There were some changes recently in the state of North Dakota, um, Nevada, I think. Uh, there's a couple others. There's a handful of changes in this most recent update. So check it out, guys. And if you don't have a copy of Legal Boundaries by State, again, go to concealedcarry.com forward slash gun law book. It should be pretty easy to remember and plug into your browser and go pick, a, pick yourself up a copy. It's like 20 bucks. Nothing. Very, very, very good investment. Well, guys, let's get into our stories. Our first story, we got a top story out of Houston, Texas. Matthew, why don't you take it away for us? Uh, give us the the down low and dirty on this Houston dad who had to help hold an intruder at gunpoint after catching him looking into daughter's window. Yeah, this is a this is a weird one. So one, not weird, but you'll see how it plays out. Not quite is what what you might have thought. So Texas homeowner says he woke up in the middle of the night to find a stranger in his backyard. Um, so here's what happens in the middle of the night. Um, they are woken up. Uh, it, it, you know, this guy named Umar, he has a wife and a six month old daughter in the home. Um, and they're the, the wife wakes him up, must've heard something outside, wakes him up, says, I think there's somebody in the yard, in the backyard. Um, so Umar, the, the husband father goes, uh, pull, says he pulls the curtain back and sees a dude <laughs> looking at him through the window. Um, so he runs outside and, um, and you know, starts talking to the guy, Hey, what are you doing? And the guy's talking about running from gang members and they're chasing him and all kinds of stuff. And typically, you know, what dudes that are high or whatever, um, say when they're, you know, running around backyards and, and trying to get into houses and stuff. So he says, you know, six gang members are after me. Um, and so Umar gets concerned. He's like, Oh, well, I don't know, maybe they are. And I got a wife and a six year old daughter in the home. Our six guys going to come down running through here with, with firearms. Um, so they call the police, uh, call nine one one. Um, and this is, <laughs> this is about three in the morning. Okay. Um, when, when they finally call 911, um, and this incident goes down, he holds the guy at gunpoint, tells him, Hey, don't move, don't leave, um, and holds him at gunpoint. Um, according to Umar, he waits 10 minutes, then he waits 15 minutes, then he waits 20 minutes, and still nobody's showed up. Nobody's shown up. The police haven't shown up. 47 minutes later, uh, after the initial 911 call, apparently, um, officers from Houston PD arrive on scene um, and take the dude into custody. So he's out there with this guy for 47 minutes. Um, and, you know, he's, he's recognized or understandably frustrated. And uh, the, apparently according to this news, uh, ABC seven um, that HP uh, Houston police department said that they, the, the delay was because they were very busy. They had a lot of calls for service at that time. It was three in the morning, right? Like could have been a busy night, but um, 47 minutes for a, a guy who is peeping into your, into your home, in your yard, uh, breached a fence, and you're holding the person at gunpoint 47 minutes is kind of a long time. So um, turns out, you know, they took him into custody, but the father is now doesn't feel, you know, safe. Dude comes into his backyard. Not only that, but now he feels that, 
you know, if I call for help, they're going to, you know, they might not get here in time. So, um, yeah. Uh, okay. So a couple interesting things out of this story. Uh, number one, the fact that, and this is a common theme, like you guys, longtime listeners have heard this, uh, many times from us, but, uh, be careful with going outside of your home when you think there's something going on. Uh, whether you think someone's trying to break into your home, whether you think someone's on your property, whether you think someone's breaking into a vehicle or causing other property damage. It's usually advisable to not go out and try to see what's going on or confront anybody, right? Because doing so just simply increases personal risk to you, primarily physically, right? And so like, that's the, that's the, that's the first big thing here is this guy, you know, he confronts this, they, they keep, funny thing is, this is, I think a bit of a, a misnomer that they use in this article. They keep referring to this guy as an intruder, although he mm-hmm. never actually intrude, like usually, and, and this is true even in a lot of state laws that the word intruder is usually in reference to someone that breaks into the actual home or the dwelling or the residence. So that did not happen here. Let's be clear. Like this, this is just somebody that was in these people's backyard, Mm -hmm. Uh, which mind you, I'm not saying like we should be okay with that. Right. Like that's still concerning. Uh, It's still private property. That's still trespassing. Uh, There's good reason for concern there. But remember that under the law in, Virtually every state, situ- you know, the, the the legal liability for you changes when you go from inside to outside of the dwelling, meaning that you have a much greater presumption of innocence and protection in terms of the use of force when you are inside your dwelling versus outside. Mm-hmm. We got another story coming up here. I think it's even the next one that uh, that 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 highlights this very clearly. Yeah. Okay, and 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 really illustrates this point. So that's got to be we got to recognize and understand that. The other thing is, depending on state law, depending on how your state statutes words things like citizens' arrest, um, things to do with with um, uh, uh, what's the word detaining people. Like you need to be really careful with situations like this, where this this guy holds this backyard intruder at gunpoint until police can arrive. Forty seven minutes later, mm-hmm. okay, uh, it certainly has happened where aggressive prosecutors have gone after people because at the threat of deadly force, they held people against their will. Right, if essentially affected an arrest via the use of deadly force. And, and so, and I'm not saying that can't be done. Uh, it's going to depend on the state. It's going to depend on specific circumstances of, of the incident. And it's just generally not advisable because again, we're increasing risk. And in this case, potentially legal risk or legal liability substantially, the, the, the chances of you fouling up somewhere and getting charged with something could be uh, you know part of the 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 issue here so 
So that's where that's a couple of things that really stood out to me with this story. Then the mm-hmm. fact that this guy says, "Hey, I, I'm just trying to get away from the, the these gang of dudes." <laughs> that's concerning as all get out. Like again, maybe get back in your house. Make sure the home is secured. The man in the story said he was concerned. He was thinking about protecting his his family, his wife, his his daughter, especially when he heard about there may be a gang involved in all of this. Um, hanging out outside and keeping somebody at gunpoint is probably not advantageous for you if there's a gang roaming the neighborhood. <laughs> you know, get in, lock crap down, take up a position of cover and advantage and wait for help to arrive. And yeah, it took 47 minutes, which yeah, it's unacceptable. At the same time, we've gone through this last year of city riots and calls for police being defunded and crime is now on a significant rise as law enforcement departments are depleted in terms of resources and officers that many times are just leaving because they're they're dissatisfied with the job because yeah. it's a toxic environment for them to continue working in people that don't want them doing police work. So so it's unacceptable it took that long, but at the same time, some of these departments are are extremely shorthanded. So uh, guys, get ready. That may be the new norm going forward for a while until we see a swing the other way in terms of uh, you know how law enforcement is 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 viewed and perceived. And, yeah. and actually treated or uh, uh, staffed and, and, and given resources. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's my analysis of this one. Yeah. And, and just real quick to reiterate, like Tim asked a question. Um, he said, without the details, was there a valid use uh, of deadly force at gunpoint? And yeah, like we, sometimes we forget pointing a gun at somebody or drawing a gun is a level of force, right? So what, what is that level of force being used to, um, you know, against what's the level of force of this person or what's this person doing? It's a trespassing at, at you know, maybe it's a peeping, but may, you know, it's a trespassing at most um, at that point. So um, yeah, like it, it and he does, it, the, the article doesn't say that he got arrested or anything. And sometimes people do things that are borderline illegal, but they don't end up getting arrested because, you know, they give them a presumption or uh, you know, they, 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 give them more leniency because of the homeowner or whatnot. So just take this as a cautionary tale as we go into the next story. Yep. So speaking of which, going to that next story, this one is of an intoxicated man happened in Morristown, Tennessee. Hmm. And this, the headline is Morristown man shoots, kills intoxicated man outside his home. A uh, report showed that uh, the the homeowner is actually the one that's charged in that. Well, obviously, in the in the case of the intoxicated man who was shot, he he did die, so he obviously couldn't be charged with anything. But the homeowner that shot and killed him has been charged with voluntary manslaughter, uh, which is a Class C felony in Tennessee. So that's obviously serious, and he could go to prison for up to fifteen years if convicted of that. We don't have a ton of details on this, uh, but the, from what we do know. There was an initial 911 call involving an, an intoxicated person. So this usually goes something to the effect of, uh, hey, there's a drunk man on my property or he's, you know, raising, you know, uh, a scene, causing a scene, uh, shouting in obscenities, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, so you have an intoxicated person who did not live at the home where this took place at. And it sounds like the homeowner of that home 
probably confronted the intoxicated man. Uh, again, he was on his property, so he maybe was trying to get him to leave or, or whatever. And so, uh, the, uh, the, 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 it escalated into a fight between the homeowner and the intoxicated person. And all we know is that the intoxicated man ended up getting shot, shot in the head and died at the scene. Could not be, uh, could not be saved. So that's basically the details we have is likely drunk person on property. Homeowner confronts him, turns into a fight or a struggle of some kind. Homeowner draws gun and shoots and kills this drunk man. Do you see why we caution you about going out of your home? Right? Because this, I, I can just about guarantee you that this person did not intend, like they didn't go out of their home thinking I'm going to end up shooting this guy. Like that was not part of the plan. But when we carry a gun for personal defense, okay, this is a, this is a big time responsibility. And we have to recognize that things can get out of hand. Things can get out of control and go a different direction than what we anticipated or expected. And that, and, and, and the challenge is, is if we are not well prepared in how to handle situations like that, and whether we're talking about uh, the use of verbal judo, right? De-escalation techniques, uh, you know, maybe our hand-to-hand skills aren't that sharp. Right. And suddenly we find ourselves in a, in a, in a tussle and we don't, we don't know how to handle ourselves. And you might freak out in that moment. You, here's the, here's, here's the thing. And I've seen this happen a number of times in, in similar instances where the person carrying the gun doesn't have a lot of skill, especially skill outside of the use of the gun meaning they don't have some of the other soft skills of communication, of de-escalation, of hand-to-hand fighting and defense, combatives, right? And maybe aren't used to being in very high-stress situations either because it's not something that they're faced with in their day-to-day life. And it can get you amped up and maybe overwhelmed, and that leads to poor decision-making potentially. And when you don't have any other option, you don't have OC spray. You don't have hand-to-hand skills. You can't get away fast enough. Maybe you're you're older, retired, injured, crippled, whatever, and you you wig out a little bit, not knowing what to do. And so, the brain is going to reach for a solution, and you're carrying a gun. So suddenly, the solution seems like it should be the gun. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, you've just shot a man. And the way the law and the investigators may see that and look at the presenting evidence may go, we don't know exactly what happened here. And all we know is we got a dead guy on the ground with no weapons on him. And the other guy who says they were in a fight. Yeah. Right. So anyway, long, long monologue to say, and, and remember I said like, this is a great example of number one, be careful leaving the 
confines and safety and security of your home to handle problems. Be careful with that. You got to be thinking all this ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a month that's gone by and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, Riley, that we haven't covered a story about somebody leaving a place of safety to confront somebody. Now they don't all end badly, but every time we try to, you know, we, we point out that cautionary, like anytime you leave your home, right? Like, you, you know, you may end up being in a fight. You may end up getting killed. You may end up defending yourself and you may end up going to jail. And like, you know, this, this situation, it's, it, you know, we're like, Oh, the, well, the guy is facing three to 15 years pr- prison sentence. It very easily could have been him facing like death because uh, how many times do we cover somebody um, is disarmed, a concealed carrier or, you know, a gun owner um, is disarmed and the gun is used against themselves, right? Like against that person. So um, this person could have easily ended up losing his life and not just, you know, been in court. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but this is something that we like why we always, I always try to include these because it's, it's sobering and it's reassured. It should remind us each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go now to the next story. Cause I think like you said, uh, I think we covered that uh, well enough and make the and made the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next story is from foxnews.com. Uh, Louisiana dad shot and killed by teen who entered underage daughter's room through upstairs window, police say. This is a this is an unusual event to be sure. Uh, I'm going to let Matthew take the lead on this. Uh, yeah, so again this happened in Zachary, Louisiana. Yeah, this is unfortunate. So um, apparently, you know, a, a father, he's 34 years old. He has a daughter who is 14 um, and a 17 year old young man is infatuated with his daughter um, and apparently sneaks up into the daughter's um, room um, it, from from the. Uh, article, it seems like this, that the father might have told them, Hey, you know, you, you can't date my, you can't date my daughter, um, things like that. And well, then, f- okay, hold on. Let's put it into perspective. Okay. This is a 17 year old teenage boy, almost mm-hmm. an adult. Right. And the girl in question, the girl involved in this is 14. Is 14. Right. I, I, I would be in that same boat. Right. As a father, I'd be like, uh uh-uh, uh, you ain't dating my daughter. Exactly. Mm-mm, ain't going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know, it, it seems like the father knows about like what was going on prior to this incident. And um, that's why. And, and then the boy climbs into the window later on um, at another date. So um, he's made aware that the, that this, this, 17 year old is in the, in the room with his daughter. So he confronts the, this, this boy. Um, apparently it sounds like they're having, he's, you know, the girl leaves the room and he's having like a man to man conversation with this gut, with this kid. And, um, during that, um, situation, um, the boyfriend draws a firearm and shoots the dad. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a little crazy because it doesn't, it's not something that's dynamic. Like he comes through the window and the dad shoots him. It's not like a gunfight that they got into, um, you know, out out on the porch. It's, 
it seems to me that this guy was having like a heart to heart, like, Hey dude, you're 17. My daughter's 14. It's not going to happen. Um, and the boy, um, flips out, takes a gun out and shoots him. Uh, father ends up dying. Father ends up dying. Uh, which is, which is really sad. Um, yeah. And I'll let you kind of get into the, get into the, uh, lessons learned in this one, but I just want to kind of tee it up for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just don't I don't know what I don't know what more you could say about this one, right? I mean, you got this is a messed up situation. Yeah. Uh, you clearly have this young man who is uh, very much interested in this young lady, and uh, and and you know perhaps she really likes him too and wants him to be in in, in her life, uh, regardless of what dad says. But that's actually irrelevant, right? Um, Dad has uh, made his and, and mom. I, it sounded like mom and grandma were on the same mm-hmm. side as as the dad here. Right. You know, they they're, they're they're they take the daughter to the side and are trying to, hey hey look sweetie you know like this isn't okay. Uh, he's too old for you. You can't be sneaking into the house at night on all that kind of thing. And it's while they're doing that that dad is trying to hash things out with this young man. And that escalates and escalates and turns into this this fight and a gunfight. Uh, it, it's unusual that the seventeen year old boy would be carrying a gun. It's obviously he was breaking the law in in you know carrying a, a gun of his own on his person. He's underage. Uh, he obviously is not the type of young man that I'd want hanging around any <laughs> of my kids. Uh, judging by the fact that he's carrying a gun with him, right? Um, but, uh, you know, how do you, you know, I, I just, I can't, I just don't know that there's any other way that you could see this one going, um, as far as like, how could this man foresee that this boy was carrying a gun? Right. How could you foresee that he was going to draw that gun and, and turn this into a gunfight? Um, that, that, I mean, yeah, like I don't, I don't live my life expecting 16, 17 year old boys that my kids may be involved with to be packing heat around <laughs> with them. Hmm. So that's, that's just a, an assumption that never crosses my mind. So, uh, and we don't know a whole lot about the specifics of, you know, what led up to the actual shots being fired, uh, what was known, what was seen, what was said. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so I, I guess all that to say that I don't know what more analysis we could do on this one. Uh, so that's probably not a, a whole lot helpful for for folks. But this does present. I see this story as being one of those examples that, like, it just forces you to question what you know in your current world and worldview, mm-hmm. because it's one of those things that is is out of the norm for sure, and so. I just take it as a lesson, like things can happen anywhere, anytime when you even, even the stuff that you would never imagine would happen, including when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you gotta be, you gotta be sharp. You gotta be dialed in and switched on and, uh, ready for anything. Yeah. And I would say the same applies here as it does in so many of the other incidences, incidents that we cover in the show of, De-escalation and avoidance is always a good idea. 
And, and, and that would be hard for me as a father who's trying to defend his 14 year old daughter to not be upset with this young man. Mm-hmm. Right. But getting upset with him is, is going to escalate things. So I don't know. Interesting things to consider there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we can extrapolate this all the way out, you know, like um, our roles as fathers and in, in the family and, and, you know, uh, taking care of our, our kids and, and trying to get them to understand that there are, uh, there are people that are, that are, they seem very good and you might like them or you might be, you know, infatuated with them, but there are people out there that are very um, devious, whether or not they're carrying a gun or not. But, um, you know, and so we've got to get our kids to kind of, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard because obviously this, this boy was misguided or, you know, um, to be even considering doing this, right? Like, why does he have a firearm and he's going to his this girl's room and all kinds of stuff. Um, but as, as fathers, we got to take care and make sure that um, our, the, the influences that are around our kids and our family are, are the right influences. And um, it seems like he was trying to do that. And uh, it's just unfortunate that this happened because it's, uh, it's sad. It seems like they were trying to do what, you know, what a reasonable parents would do for their kids. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's a good reminder and encouragement to me as well to, hey, love your kids and be a part of their lives. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this person was a bad father or bad mother to their daughter and didn't you know understand her what she, what she was going through, um, because sometimes kids do stuff. Sure no matter what mm-hmm. uh, that's just the the way life is sometimes but but it's just a, it's just good encouragement like hey know your kids and know what they're into what they're up to who they're associating with be a part of their lives be there for them uh, make sure that you know that, that they know of that love that you have for them and that you care for them and that you're there for them and that they can come to you with with issues and problems and concerns and and uh that you know you're not their enemy. You're you're just you're trying to help them live their best lives and become uh, good people, good adults. Eventually, you know it's anyway. Um, yeah. Go on. Going on now to an article from the Washington Post. Uh, this one happened in Woodbridge, Prince William County. Prince William County. I think that's in Maryland. Uh. Could be wrong, but I think that's a Maryland county. Uh, either way, this is kind of in the greater D.C. area, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand. So the way this went down is uh, this is a homeowner, female homeowner. She's 44 years of age. She's actually exiting her home to go someplace. And as she was leaving her home, she saw a stranger. By the way, this happened. Uh, it was in the early morning hours. It was like it was after midnight. So this is late. It is dark. Uh, most people aren't going places, you know, at that time of night, but sometimes, you know, you do and, or maybe you work a late shift, uh, you know, overnight shift. Maybe you're a nurse, doctor, whatever, right? But 44-year-old woman leaving her home and a stranger who was wearing a mask and armed with a handgun approached her coming to her from the side of her house. She happened to also be armed with a gun. She drew and shot the man as he came toward the front door. Officers arrived. They found he had a loaded handgun. He was taken to a hospital, but he did later die. Uh, 
the woman was not hurt. And uh, the, the case is still under investigation. Uh, but, you know, it would seem that this was a pretty clear cut case of self-defense. Uh, it does not appear that this woman is in danger of being charged with anything. Uh, and uh, when did, when police were asked uh, but in a state or in a statement, they said to address the question of why the man was there at the residence. All they said is the incident does not appear to be random, but no little information as to what exactly that means. Um, there you go. Pretty, pretty clear cut case of self-defense, not a ton of details again, but you know, what are the common or what are the main highlights here? Late at night, dark, going outside the home, Man approaches with armed with weapon. Woman does what she needs to do. And thank goodness she was carrying her gun with her at that moment. She was able to successfully defend herself without injury to herself or anyone else. So that's, uh, you know, gotta, got I got to applaud her for uh, a remarkable job in this mm-hmm. case. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, we don't know the, the details about where she was going and if she knew this guy was coming or not. It says a stranger. So, um, but like it, to your point is like, um, when we're leaving our home, sometimes we can, or getting, just getting home, right? Like we're getting out of our car. Once we hit our driveway or wherever we are, sometimes we can be like, okay, now I'm switched off or I'm not going to switch on until I get my car and I'm drive off. And now I'm paying attention. But while I'm around my home, host, ha- house i'm not really paying much attention right how (laughs) and uh and so you know like this is this is one of those reminders of like um be aware because you may be taken you know uh get get caught off guard because you're just exiting your home or you're just getting home and we see this all the time where um criminals are waiting they follow a person home and as they're walking up to their door then they rush in and they hold them at gunpoint put you know force them into the house and and all that so um this is a little bit of a reversal but um but yeah and, and also the awareness she recognizes a stranger from you know, a distance away that gave her the opportunity to have the option to use her firearm. Um, If she wouldn't have been aware of her surroundings and wouldn't have been identifying, you know, like looking at people that are walking towards her on the street when she's leaving at night, um, perhaps she doesn't perceive this quickly enough. And this person has the jump on her to be able to, uh, to, to, you know, do what he wants before she can get the gun in the fight. So I thought awareness and just, um, you know, having the gun with you and, and, and not being uh, completely uh, checked out is, was, was really good in this situation. Yeah. Great, great points. Great observations, Matthew. Uh, I was just thinking about how particularly late at night, I, I might be a little bit more lax with this during the daytime, mm-hmm. but I do still try to maintain this as a habit. But uh, essentially anytime I, I go out, uh, you know, go out the door of my home, uh, I do try to, we, we have kind of one of those windows that's mostly, uh, you know, it's got some kind of, I don't know, designed glass, whatever. Like, But there's little pockets in that window you can use to look out and see what's out front. And we also have a peephole, you know. So, But but I'm tall enough. I just look through that top upper window and kind of, you know, I just like to peek out there before I step outside um, because, like, stuff happens. All, like, we've covered other stories, certainly like this, where someone's like, well, just going outside, going to my car, you know, and wham, all of a sudden they're being ambushed by somebody, you know, in a robbery or whatever. So, um, you know, think think about these things and have procedures in place to um, 
to minimize risk and maximize your safety. I mean, a lot of these things don't take a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. You just have to be consistent in how you apply such uh, such tactics. So yeah. let's go now to Fox News again. California homeowner shoots would-be burglars, one dead and one injured. This happened in Gwinda, California. I assume that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Matthew, tell us uh, how did this one go down. Yeah. Okay. So this, this is interesting on a, on a couple of different points, just some of the statements that are made by law enforcement and some of the phraseology in the, in the, in the article. But basically this is what happens. Um, shortly after 9 PM, the homeowner sees headlights in his driveway. Um, the article says, which gave him time to get his firearm and, and stand ready when the suspects try to break in. I don't know if this guy assumed somebody was coming to rob him or maybe he has a long driveway and, you know, people don't, he's not expecting anybody in any event, he sees something outside that indicates, Hey, I should be start readying myself for whatever reason, because I either don't know these people not expecting them or they could be a threat. And so he, uh, gets his firearm. Um, intuition is correct. And these guys end up these, this couple ends up breaking in forcing, uh, entry into the home and he shoots both of them, um, while they're inside the home, one of them dies. One of them is, is injured and, uh, and survived. Um, which in and of itself, the, 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 you know, this is not very, a a very unique situation. However, um, I I thought it was interesting that he was able to see something, something indicated, you know, so the headlights, right. Um, we talk about having some sort of layer of, you know, notification. So you aren't responding to somebody in your home all of a sudden, right? Like whether it's a ring doorbell or it's a, it's um, dogs that bark or something that, that cues you like, Hey, something is outside that maybe I should, you know, be aware of. Um, And then um, as this is kind of a a running theme through a couple of the stories, even the sheriff here, uh, the Lieutenant uh, says he did not go out to confront these people. Um, he stayed in the house and eventually these people came into the residence. So th- this is one of those things where, if, you know, he didn't say, oh, okay, I see headlights out there. I'm going to get my gun and go inspect, right? Go find out what's going on and see what their what their deal is. Um, and, you know, it ended up he got to a position in the, in the home that he could defend and he defended it, uh, which was, which was perfect. Um, just something strange in, in the article. It says the firearm that was believed to have been used was legal to possess under California law, apparently talking about the homeowner. So, you know, this is like, I'm reading that. And I'm like, this guy just defended himself against two people that, you know, came in to try to harm him. And they're concerned about, is that like a, gun that's on California's approved list, you know, it's just, it was like, (laughs) all right. But, um, but anyways, um, it was a good story and I just wanted to pull those little little nuggets out and I'm sure you can find, find more stuff, Riley, that stood out to you. Yeah. That silly handgun roster concept (laughs) out of California, you know, regardless of the, the legality of the actual self use of self-defense, uh, deadly force here, well, we better double check that gun and make sure it's legal. You know? Right. And he very well could have walked with uh, no charges on the deadly force usage, but been charged with uh, something for having an illegal gun if he, you know, in fact had had one that wasn't uh, California approved. So, like an SBR or something like that. Or? Oh, geez, don't even get me started, you know? bro. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, awesome. Good job covering the story. Um, I, I appreciated the fact that in this story, because we don't often see statements like this, and this came from 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 the lieutenant of the of the county sheriff's office when he said he did not go out to confront these people. So contrasting that with some other stories that we've just covered, uh, I thought that was pretty remarkable and remarkable that it was number one stated by the sheriff's office and also actually noted in the uh, in in the reporting on it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he did not go out to confront these people. He stayed in the house and eventually these people came into the residence. Uh, I think this homeowner did a remarkable job. Uh, let's just, let, let's, let's, let's be clear here. I understand that nobody wants damage or harm to come to their property. And in many or most states, you have the right to defend property property to be clear not necessarily with deadly force okay like for instance in colorado there's a statute that permits reasonable use of physical force to defend property not to include deadly physical force but it just specifies reasonable uh, a level of physical force to defend property okay so i recognize that that is our property Okay, someone's on our property. Somebody's doing something to my property. Somebody's trying to steal my car, whatever it is. I have the right to try to defend that. Okay, that that right should be cherished and it should exist. But tactically speaking, staying indoors, staying in a secure area, okay, within your home is the smarter choice almost every time. And this homeowner got that. Okay. Tactically speaking, I know the layout of my home. I know where I can take effective cover and have good vantage points of tactical areas and and positions in my home. That gives me the advantage that if and when somebody breaks my home's boundaries and comes in, I have the advantage. I control that space. I control that domain. That is so that is a powerful position to be in. And that is one of the big reasons why we are such we're so big on preaching the concept of in most cases, stay put, secure the home, take up a position of cover and of advantage inside that home. Wait for them to come to you because you will almost assuredly win if you are prepared and you have that tactical advantage inside your home, you will almost assuredly win in the gunfight that may occur. And you will almost certainly win in the legal fight that could occur afterward as well in the aftermath. Mm -hmm. So I know what tactic I most likely will pursue. Anyway, moving on. This homeowner did fantastic. Bravo to him. Going now to uh, Los Angeles, actually. Uh, this is kind of an interesting one. Um, the uh, And it's not an actual news story, although there is a statement from the LAPD. Uh, so, and, and of course, by the way, guys, links to all the stories we're covering today and everything that we're sharing uh, on the episode are in the show notes. Okay. Uh, the show notes by show notes. If you don't know what that means, 
if you go to concealedcarry.com, if that's where you found this, this podcast episode or whatever, when you click on the post, okay, just like, you know, it'll appear like it's an article, but it's, it's really just a post with the podcast audio and then the show notes below that. And the show notes, we include links to our sponsors and we, we include the links to the news stories that we share in these episodes. For those of you on podcast listening applications on your mobile devices and things, uh, it's going to vary from application to application, but a lot of times by tapping on the the podcast logo itself when you're actually listening to and playing the episode, a lot of times that'll bring up show notes. Sometimes swiping up will bring up show notes. Sometimes it's a different button altogether. Uh, you, you, you're going to I can't speak to every application, so you'll have to just l- figure out how to access the show notes on your podcast app. But we include the links to all these stories. And I'll mention that there are also links to additional stories in today's episode that we're not covering. We're not, because we just don't have the time to talk about all of them, but we're throwing in some bonus links to other justified save stories uh, in the show notes of today's episode. So, so check out the show notes to uh, see, see all this. The news release from LAPD is titled brazen daytime robbery captured on video. Uh, Please. The LAPD is, is uh, and this happened in Wilshire. Uh, this is the Wilshire division. Uh, so that, that part of the city of Los Angeles, they're asking for public's help in finding the victim and witnesses to assist in this attempted robbery where shots were fired by the victim. So there's video that goes along with this. Um, let me just give you the details real quick. And then I'm going to pull up video for those of you that are viewing on, on Facebook and YouTube with us live today or after the fact, uh, for those of you that are, only listening to the audio again if you go to the show notes you'll be able to pull up the link and it's a link to youtube where you can watch the video here uh on monday july 19th around 7 10 p.m two suspects exited from an idling dodge avenger near melrose avenue and vista street and confronted the victim with a handgun in hand words were apparently exchanged and the victim ultimately produces a handgun apparently to defend himself and others in his group from the would-be robbery suspects the victim fired his weapon towards the suspects, and then all parties immediately fled the location. The suspects who attempted the robbery were apprehended by officers a short time later and found to have suffered non-life-threatening gunshot wounds. And then the press release goes on to uh, to identify who those suspects were. Uh, one of them, just this is kind of of note, one of them was uh, shot in the upper left thigh. The other one was shot in their right calf. Uh and then it says that uh, LAPD is aggressively addressing a rise in violent crime in the Melrose area over the past year and is pursuing all leads involved in this and other crimes. So it is noteworthy. Yeah, Mark, a guy in WeHo had a gun on him. Wow. Uh, that's why I think they're also looking for the victim and also why the victim probably has not volunteered himself uh, in this incident because I'm going to go ahead and, and, and show those of you that are watching with us uh, now Um I'm going to go ahead and share with you the video and you'll see this, the, the, the victim in this case uh, drew his gun from concealment. And those of you that know, it is dang near impossible to get a concealed carry permit in Los Angeles. So unless you are a who's who, like I was joking with Matthew before we went live, unless you're like JLo, Jennifer Lopez or Gavin Newsom <laughs> or somebody <laughs> like you're not getting a permit in LA in, in LA. So, uh, most likely this dude is carrying this gun concealed unlawfully. Uh, he may be a criminal himself. Uh, 
and for obvious reasons does not wish to identify themselves. I have the I have this actually playing at half speed for those watching. But here's the first thing I want to note. You'll see that this this silver car uh, actually backs out of what appears to be a parking space and just sort of swings behind where these three individuals are standing talking. Uh, two women and one male. Uh, the the man is holding a looks like a shopping bag of some kind. All right, they're just standing there talking about who knows what. Uh, and, uh, this car pulls up close to them. It's like six feet away from the, uh, from the furthest away woman there. And it just stops there, right? That should always like, at least get our attention. Now you do see that I, and I, they have the faces blurred out on these people. Um, but I believe you see them turn and actually acknowledge the fact that this car is there and has pulled it behind them. Uh, in fact, you see right there as the door opens, the woman in black uh, immediately turns her head and she's looking and, and everyone else is, is looking to see what's going on. Hey, why, why, what is this car doing? Why, are, why did they park right there all of a sudden? Why are they now exiting their vehicle? Yeah, all clues, right? And then you see the cars open or the two car doors open. Two males get out Uh and the one wearing a black, looks like a black hoodie or something, he immediately starts reaching for his waistband. Boom. Tell right there, right? Like he's reaching for a weapon. That's pretty apparent. The other male is getting out. It's a little unclear, but it kind of looks to me like he's holding also a gun or a weapon down by his side. But he never actually really points it at them. The um, the male in the black hoodie or whatever uh, he again. He reaches immediately for his waistband, starts pulling out his handgun, pulls it up in a funny grip. He's actually using his support hand to like he's holding his bicep muscle with his support hand. He's one-handedly pointing this gun at them, and it's like he's holding his support hand there for for support. I guess uh, kind of a funny little like he's not holding out gangsta style. He's he's holding the gun upright, but he's just using an interesting support hand grip, if you will. He points the gun at them. The women see this and they immediately take off. Kudos to them. They're like, I'm out. I'm gone. And like the, the blonde haired woman, like she's the first one. She, she just, she knows something is going on right about here at this point. This is as the one man is reaching for his waistband, the blonde colored hair woman, she is out. She knows right away something's going down. So good for her. The uh, woman wearing black is a little bit behind that. It's finally when the gun comes out that she starts stepping back and away. The other thing I want to point out is that the the man, the the victim, the the male victim here, as it, it's clear to me that he recognizes what's happening as well. Uh, around the same time, sees the the robber reaching for his waistband, and the male victim drops his shopping bag. So we were just talking about this yesterday, Matthew, about yep. carrying stuff and needing to use your gun, right? Mm-hmm. So this man clearly recognizes what's happening, drops his bag of goods, and starts reaching for his own weapon. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that he draws out of his pocket with his non-dominant hand the pistol and then exchanges hands with the gun. And then, you know, meaning that he draws it with his left hand, puts it in his right hand, and then shoots. Am I reading this wrong? Yeah, it's hard. We're looking at his back, to be clear, Mm -hmm. right? But, like, let me me play this through. Here he's dropping the bag. Watch. 
something comes out of his like left pocket with his left hand right here. Mm-hmm. Boom. It looks to me like he pulls the gun out with his left hand, but then he's shooting with his right hand. Am yeah. I seeing that right? No, it, that it, that looks like that's what would happen. It And at first I thought it was one of those, it almost looked like one of those, uh, full conceal because <laughs> it was like maybe it, it, it was long I, I don't know it That's looked actually like a really interesting point maybe this is like the first recorded instance of a full conceal pistol folding pistol <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know it looked because it, it did look like he it was like a long black object it didn't look like a hand like it just didn't look like he was handling it like a like you would handle a, a firearm right. Right. And there, there's a, there's some amount of time from the time he pulls whatever out of his pocket to when he actually finally is able to use it. Like, it's almost as if I wondered if he was chambering it, but maybe it is one of those full concealed deals. Yeah. That'd be really interesting, actually. <laughs> Being used by a criminal, most likely in this case, but hey, whatever. Yeah. And he's definitely doing something after he pulls it out of his pocket, whether he's chambering around or whether he's yep. unfolding it or what. Yeah. Cause he, he takes a moment and he starts stepping. He takes like one and a half steps to the rear as he's getting the gun ready. And then boom, boom, boom. And he fires off four shots, by the way, first shot almost certainly looked like a hit. The second shot uh, looked like it went between the man's legs. It looked like maybe that fourth shot, which is by the way, the third and fourth shot are basically fired as the man is turning and running. Like the third shot looks like it's completely wild. The fourth shot's also completely wild, but I think he just got lucky and maybe hit. Cause you actually see the second robber, like at that precise moment that the man fires his fourth shot, he kind of like kicks his feet up. Like he just got hit or something. Mm-hmm. Like you see that? Woo, woo. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, I just got shot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Interesting incident. Now, what's interesting to me with this is, again, it's almost certain that the victim in this case is a criminal uh, by the fact that he's carrying a gun concealed in Los Angeles. And there's very, very few people have permit to do so. Uh, But his use of deadly force in self-defense is technically legal. Right. I, I mean, at least in my eye. Right. I don't know that that's how Los Angeles will view it, but because he may be a he may be a felon in possession of the gun. So he's using that gun illegally. And maybe they try to tack on the 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 shoot, you know, some shoot, shooting charges as well. I don't know. But I think the use of self-defense, I think this is this is a great example of actual self-defense, justified self-defense. It just probably was being done by somebody illegally concealed carrying, yeah. which is, I think, unfortunate, frankly. I, I think yeah. it's insanely stupid that Cal, you know, that so many counties in, in California don't make it easier for people to get permits. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you mentioned it, we talked about it yesterday and that's kind of why I brought that specific one up yesterday. I couldn't remember if we had covered it, but like you see him shooting with one hand, kind of just punching it mm-hmm. out there and shooting and, and um, you know, letting some rounds just, fly you know and uh it looks to me that this this might be like a an apartment building you know a parking lot or or something so who knows where those those rounds are going right we we haven't heard anything like you know uh, innocent people were injured but certainly they could so this is one of those things where like you know like uh, you you gotta you gotta be able to make these shots and imagine if those two people he's standing with aren't you know are, are his family members or or a little child that 
you know, so um, it just makes it so much more complex of a, of a situation about, you know, do you get involved? Do you, do you, do you comply or, or what's going on? You know, like you gotta, you gotta evaluate that. Yeah. He did good. I mean, I'm not second guessing. I'm just saying if we looked at this and applied it to, to many different scenarios. Yeah. Well, the shooting was a little bit wild. So again, lack of accountability for shots. We talked, we touched on that in yesterday's episode as well. Yeah. Um, it, I think, I think the people involved here did like, could we maybe have recognized a few warning signs a little bit earlier, maybe started moving a little bit sooner. Yeah. We could always make that case, but overall they recognized what was happening fairly early on before the gun was actually pointed at them. They, they recognized something was up and it's time to move. Um, that was good. Um, and actually let's be clear. The bad guys, at least according to the statement from the, from the, from the LAPD, and also from the video evidence that we see, they never got a shot off. Nope. So like this dude drew down, he drew on a drawn gun and won. Anyway, interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, Matthew, uh, we got to wrap it up here. Uh, kind of hitting that hour mark. Um, but uh, we have one more story. Why don't you tell us about it again? We got Houston, Texas here. And this says East Houston resident describes shooting with car thieves. This is a wild one. And this was reported on ABC13.com. Yeah. So another, another common thread here. So resident is um, uh, driving down uh, his, his neighborhood street sees uh, people that he believes are breaking into vehicles. So he shines his headlights uh, puts the high beams on, on these kids or these people hoping that they will, you know, take off. Oh, somebody sees us. Let's run. Um, which oftentimes people think that, you know, uh, see somebody outside in their home, I'm going to go confront them. Maybe I'll scare them off. You know, I'll go, Hey, what are you doing? And, and they'll run off. Well, in this case, in a situation, it doesn't work that way. Um, they actually, um, they actually attack this guy, um, start shooting at him. Um, so it's, I can only imagine, you know, you know, a bunch of kids or people breaking into a car and then turning around and, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to beat the horn, flash my lights and they're going right. to run off. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, they're like charging me with, with, you know, yeah. and, and shooting at me. So he yeah. ends up pulling out his own firearm and starts shooting back. Um, it says he chased him all the way down the street. Um, so nobody was hit by any gunfire. It doesn't say how many rounds were fired or anything like that. Um, suspects aren't in custody. Uh, no, we don't know if any arrests have been made since this uh, or any identification of the suspects. But um, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't probably think that that's what's going to happen when you shine your headlights on somebody trying to break into a car or something. But it does. So another cautionary tale of what are you going to get involved in? Um, not saying that this guy had any, you know, did anything illegal or, or necessarily wrong, but it didn't go how he probably had it in his mind. Thank God he had his firearm with him because probably or he might not have made it out of there. What's interesting here is the the good guy is in his vehicle and you know, in his truck and he's honking his horn and, and flashing lights mm-hmm. thinking that's going to, Hey, I, I see you. I know you're there. And like, that'll be enough to scare him off. Like he's in his vehicle, but it talks about how he starts shooting back. So he's either shooting through his windshield, but when he talks about, they chased him down the street to the walking trail makes me think that he got, 
out of the truck and likely when he started returning fire back at them mm-hmm. and then they chase him down to the walking trail and eventually of course he he's able to you know hey look the man defended himself and was successful in that he didn't get hurt so that's good um and supposedly none of the suspects were struck by gunfire it does say a vehicle was damaged by bullets in uh, the course of all of this uh, that is probably the con- the most concerning thing of this whole thing is, you know, good guy was shooting at these guys, and it according to the news story it says nobody was hit by gunfire. So where did good guy's bullets go? Just yeah. something to consider. Yeah. Um, and hey, again, you we've already hit on it enough today. Staying inside our homes where it's secure and we have the tactical advantage. But this guy went out. He's in his truck. That's a reasonable, safe position to be in. Like you're, that's better than just being out in the open. Um, maybe it would have been smarter to stay in his vehicle. Maybe it would have been smarter when they started shooting at him to try to run him down. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> or at least you know, uh, uh, drive the truck evasively to uh, escape rather than stepping outside the vehicle and trying to engage in a gun battle that way. I don't know. We don't know all the details. We don't know all the whys. We didn't see what happened. Maybe there was a good reason why he did what he did. Um, this, this, these are just all relevant questions to ask. You know, In our vehicle tactics, uh, our vehicle firearm tactics video course that you can watch and buy on our website, or Guardian Nation members get full free access to it as well, uh, we, we talk about... You know, when, when, when we are involved in incidents that, that involve a vehicle, the first thing always first, we got these four principles that we encourage you to, you know, these are kind of like the four rules, if you will, like kind of think through your way through these things. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time at all, but like, just recognize like first, if I can evade the situation using, you know, in my vehicle, if I can drive away, in other words, like that's almost always going to be your best tactical advantage or, or tactical decision. Number two would be to consider uh, 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 using the vehicle potentially as a weapon, right? Number three would be to, uh, uh, oh, I'm forgetting something somewhere. Crap. Uh, I know ev- driving away, evading, right? Using the vehicle as as a tool, essentially, of defense. Um, First also, cover. What's that? Are you talking about using the vehicle as cover as well? Well, absolutely. That's always an option, right? Yeah. Um, the, the one thing that you always, like, it should be the last thing that you consider doing, and that is exiting the vehicle and trying to to fight outside the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, it's fight. No, oh, that's what it is. Fighting from inside the vehicle is a bad idea. That's, that's what I mean. Okay, so, like, preferably we don't get out of the vehicle and fight, but we'd rather fight outside the vehicle than from inside the vehicle, right? Does that make sense? If you have to. So let me clarify that. That's I was getting a little bit lost in my in my thought process there. So number one is to just get away with a vehicle. Hey, vehicles move fast. They cover a lot of ground very quickly. It's that's always our best choice to use the vehicle if we had the option to do so. Just get the heck out of there. Right. Number two, use the vehicle itself as whether we're ramming a person's vehicle that's trying to hurt us whether we're trying to hit somebody with a vehicle or use it to get them to break off their attack, right? 
But of course, we need to have justification to do so because we start using that vehicle as a weapon. That that's a deadly weapon, just like the gun is. Okay, so there's got to be justification for it. But I'd rather use the vehicle as a weapon than use my gun as a weapon if I have the option, if I have the choice. Would you agree? Absolutely, sure. Yeah. Number three is if if I can't use the vehicle as a weapon and I can't evade or escape, then I should try to get out of the vehicle uh, and, and fight from outside the vehicle or escape by foot outside the vehicle. Okay. But the last resort is fighting from inside the vehicle because we're, we're trapped in there. We're more confined. We have to shoot through windows and that's going to result in less effective hits on target and things like that. Right. So that, that those are the four priorities. So I'm sorry. I kind of bungled that in the beginning. Um, so anyway, just some things to think about there. This guy obviously made the choice at some point to exit the vehicle and fight from outside the vehicle. Either way, you know, he lived to tell the tale and, uh, good for him, but just, you know, some things to think about there. Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, we need to, to wrap it up. Uh, we do have our weekly prize giveaway for podcast listeners. Uh, we need, we need to announce this week's winner this week, by the way, we're giving away a flight 93 511 tactical ball cap. Uh, the, these are, these are commemorative by the way, guys, these are, uh, basically 10 years old now this year. There's not many of them left out there. We still have some left. I don't, I don't have one handy right now or I'd show it to you, but it's a cool commemorative design that 511 Tactical did in 2011 to, to remember and commemorate 9-11 and victims of 9-11. Uh, and, and, uh, and it even says right on there, never forget. Okay. Uh, but it, it's like a logo of the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and then, of course, uh, uh, where the plane went down in Pennsylvania, Shanksville, Pennsylvania as well. So uh, really cool. Never forget Flight 93 uh, ball cap from 511 Tacticals. We're one lucky winner. That's the winner. That's the prize this week. Guys, the podcast prize we do each week. You got to sign up each week. It runs from Monday to Monday each week. Go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize to make sure you sign up each week. Who is the lucky winner this week of a Never forget Flight 93 ball cap. Today's winner is Devin M. Devin Devin M. Awesome. Congratulations, Devin, on winning this awesome hat. I've got a couple of them, and I I love them. uh, And uh, always wear one on September 11th, actually. So, And and let me just add in, if you guys enter the giveaway, please check your spam folder because sometimes people don't respond to my emails and they, and then they'll respond. You know, we, we give them 72 hours. You have 72 hours once we pick your name um, and and send you the email, but I'll get an email, you know, two weeks later. Sorry, my, my, your your email went to spam. So um, if you know that you're in the drawing, just check your spam because I don't know. Google hates my email address or something since it's spam often. Yep. Yep. Good tip. And by the way, guys, next week we are giving away a free palm pepper spray unit. I don't have mine on me right now. And I usually have one here next to me, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, Palm pepper spray, uh, little, you know, compact, portable, easy to use, effective OC spray unit. Uh, we're gonna give one of those away free, uh, as long as it's legal in your state or jurisdiction. Which there's only like, I think it's like New York City or New York State or something where we can't send these. But uh, 
most likely most of you will be eligible to win the palm pepper spray unit. Guys, remember, sign up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. One last uh, reminder and shout out to our episode sponsors today, XS Sites. You can find them at xssites.com and the Legal Boundaries by State book available at concealedcarry.com forward slash gun law book. With that, we're going to let you go. Matthew, thank you for doing this episode with me, brother. Thank you, sir. And thank you guys for listening. Everybody, we will remind you to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. reminder that laws vary from place to place and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws the concealed carry podcast concealed carry inc concealedcarry.com and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm related incidents and laws but things could be different where you live or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this we cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast